0: Welcome everyone. We're so glad that everyone is joining us and we've had such a trial this morning. It's been fun. Um, That sarcastic humor going on there. So just one thing after the other and every week it seems to be something that we're struggling with and I'm running around and I hit my head on what we're holding the cameras with. So I had a big old gash in my head and just trying to get everything up and it was just, it's a crazy morning, but we're so glad you're here and actually you're the reason why we're doing it. So you have no idea how happy we are that you're here and everyone that's joining us online, and I have a couple of friends that told me specifically they're setting an alarm to watch this morning, so I just want to say, "Hey, big shout out to everybody." And if you're watching later because you slept in, we'll say, "Hey, shout out to everybody. We're so glad." You're there. And um, being in our home, the transition from being in our facility to being here, there's just so many obstacles that we seem like we have a new one every week that we're going to solve. And um, that's only going to be short lived. And I, I'm just very, very excited about what our future holds and where we're going with all that. And you'll be hearing about that more as God reveals it. I have a very, very important meeting this week that I'm just believing God's going to just do some crazy things. And And it's crazy that the way I know that this is God that's going on right now, and I'm not even in my message yet, so just give me a second to just like get it out. But um, the way I know that this is God is is, as I'm going through. Um, all the stuff that I'm at right now, you would think that that would be all I could see. And last night as I was walking through Walmart to buy some water so we would have it here, uh, I felt like he started asking me, okay, what about the next phase? Then what about the next place you're going to? I'm like, "Ah!" and and then I got excited. I wanted to leave Walmart to go home and start writing stuff down. And just so they, it's been said oftentimes that if the vision's bigger than you, then it's God. And if it's so small that you can do it, then it probably isn't God. Well, let me tell you, this is so big. There's no way this is going to happen except for God and a whole bunch of people um, joining with us so we're thankful for everyone that's there the the flyer went out again this week to another group of homes in our area so if Michael was talking about if you got this we're so happy that you're checking us out and anybody that you know that you want to tell them about us you can go to discoverbelong.com and it is all set up to explain our story what's going on with us and giving all that stuff some really exciting news. We are not having service next week. Next week is a freebie. It is, we're small enough, and there's so many families and traveling and all that stuff, and Christmas service right before is usually one that is the least Um, celebrated, not celebrated, but participated with and all that stuff. So the way we're landing, this will probably be our last time ever in our history of our church in the future that we'll be able to do this. So just want everyone to enjoy your family next week. Um, Quickly, and I'm just not trying to go through all the announcements again, but just I had a couple of things I wanted to hit. The legacy offering is still coming in, and and I just want to thank those that are sending um, money in for that. And I actually had somebody call me on Friday and said, hey, I, I got your email and I I want to do something. I haven't been able to do it yet. How do I give? So that's why we keep talking and telling everybody that you can go to www.givetobelong.com. And he's like, wow, that was really simple. So that was really cool. So special thank you to all of our friends and partners that are doing that with us. Specifically, I want you to know we're believing for two things right now for our church. Number one, we're believing for a trailer so we can keep all of our stuff in. And as the new year starts, and as we may be doing a setup and tear down again, that we hold some, have something to hold all of our speakers, our trussing, and all of our sound equipment, and all that stuff. Uh, we're so blessed at the last place that we could leave it all there. But um, we're believing for a trailer that costs around $3,000, so just believe with us that God's got one. Uh, my wife has a picture of it up on our mirror and says it's on its way. So just please believe with us. And I found some speakers. The speakers we actually wanted when we were going to plant the church, they're normally about six or $700 each. And I found somebody on eBay who's selling all five that we would need for $500. So I'm believing we've got to have shipping to get it here. So I'm believing for $1,200. So those are the things that we're believing for. And I just want to get all of that stuff wrapped up. And my wife took these all out for me. And she had them laying on the mantle. So I want to remind everyone, do you know what these are? Remember what these were? A year ago, we placed in here our goals and our prayer requests for God for the 2018. And in the first weekend in January, we will be doing the new ones. And we'll be opening these up and seeing what's going on. And just it's always amazing when we do this to see what God did in the process of the year. If you'll turn with your Bibles with me this morning to Luke chapter 17. In verse 14, and, and even as I said, we're, we're going to look at these things that we see as what God's done through the years, through this year of what he's done. I don't even remember what I put in my prayer request for 2018. I don't know about you. And those of you who've never done it with us, and you're here with us, it's just a simple sheet of paper that says, Dear God, in 2018, I'm praying and asking you for, and then just bunch of lines. But it generally isn't that something just immediately happens like that, that we all of a sudden just get it like it's week two, and all of a sudden we've got everything we prayed for. In fact, that almost never happens. I saw some friend's Facebook last night that said next at the gym, what it looks like in the gym in like two weeks. And it was just this mass huddled of people in this like, Square, you know, so there's like 5,000 people there where there should only be like 100. It's like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. But everyone has this big, huge push, but it doesn't last. And we don't go to the gym the first week in January, and all of a sudden we've got all the goals that we want, but it's a process. Here we see in Luke chapter 14 that when Jesus saw them, he told the the guys with leprosy, and we talked about this a few weeks, so I'm just reminding you of this. The 10 came to him and said, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus told them now go and show yourselves to the priests. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't do this magical, masterful thing. There were this big explosion of things, and you know, ah, you didn't do any of this stuff. He simply said, go and show yourself to the priests. If we can bring that that scripture back up. But as they went. See, I want to tell you that God is a God of process. We want it in our microwave world that we pray it and boom, it happens just like that. But I want to tell you, God is the God of process. In fact, that's the title of my message this morning. If anyone saw my Facebook post yesterday and the church Facebook post, we're talking about that. God is the God of process as they went I don't believe it was the first steps they took. I don't believe it was the second. I believe it was right before they got to the place where they needed to be there, because that's typically how God does it. He shows up on his time, but rarely on my time. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, we are his God's workmanship. And I just wanted to highlight that, because I want you to see, we're his workmanship. This is his idea. All the things that he's got going on in your life, all the plans that he has for you that he talks about in Jeremiah 29, they're his idea. They're his plan. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Even before you were here, he had these plans for you. But, but the, the whole thought of whenever I was putting this all together is the workmanship part. It's not that he just goes and touches it and it's automatically there. But the, the thought and the connotation is a worker who constantly is working and just moving. And, and, and like if you're sculpting something or, you know, it's, uh, you see these huge um, things of granite and a sculptor will say, there's a great statue inside. We'd look at it and go, well, what in the world are you talking about? That's a chunk of granite. He goes, but if I keep dinging on this thing and knocking this thing out, I'll knock out all the other stuff. And what's left is the beauty that I saw. That's what God does with us. In fact, there's another scripture that says that he, God, who began a good work in you, is faithful to complete it. We are his workmanship. But there's a process involved. Proverbs 6, verse 16, I was having a conversation with someone this week, and they brought up this scripture, and it just kind of fit really well. And it says, there are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven which are an abomination to him. And this is in the older version of this in the NASB. And, and, and I don't know about you, but abomination, I have no idea what it, it means, but it sounds really scary. It's like, if it's an abomination to God, then I don't want to do it. But I have the, the actual NIV translation, and it makes a little bit more sense. It says, There are six things that God hates and seven that are detestable. I can understand detestable a lot better than abomination, but abomination, it sounds really, really bad. And the first one is that he says, and he goes on to talk about all seven, but the first one, it says, haughty eyes. The second one is a lying tongue. But he talks about haughty eyes. And In the conversation I had with somebody this week, that was supposed to be for like a couple of minutes, it was like almost three hours. I love being with friends and just talking with people. And they've actually brought this scripture up, that God hates that haughty eye, that haughty spirit. And I started thinking about it. It's like, well, what does that mean? So I looked it up, and haughty literally means to be high or exalted or to rise, to put yourself on a higher place than others. So to me, what it really boils down to is anyone who judges the process of another person just because you can see something that you don't think is right in them. But if we're God's workmanship, who am I? to criticize or sit in judgment with anyone else and how he's working in their lives. And several weeks ago, many, many weeks ago, um, I I mentioned to you guys that uh, when I was at Christ for the Nations and we're traveling, we're in Alaska, and I'm reading through my daily devotion, and it came up to the scripture, it says, wisdom has hewn out as 10 pillars. And just like that, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, there's 10 areas of sin in your life. And I'm like, this is not what I wanted during my devotion and as I, as I started to, to just process through this whole thing, and he showed me the first one, and then he didn't tell me the other nine, and I talked about this in great length. But I wanted to know the other nine, but if, the thing that just really rocked my world a few months ago that I hadn't even connected all these dots till then, me as God's workmanship pointed out and told me there was ten areas of sin, places that I was missing the mark. But he didn't tell me any but one. So what if everyone else around me could see the other nine? Likely. Many of us are where you know we we are just who we are, and and people can see things and like, oh, that's just not right. But until God reveals it, as He is doing the workmanship, we're not responsible. So I don't want to be the person with haughty eyes or haughty spirit that I'm thinking that I've arrived and I can look down on somebody else and say where they're at and where God's working at with them and say, oh, well, you should. Uh, uh, uh." And I think it's interesting that that's an abomination. God detests that. He hates that. We are God's workmanship. Talk about the God of process. And it's Christmas season, so I can't not talk about this process as well. Luke chapter 1, verse 28, the angel went to her Mary and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And I'm sure many of you have heard a Christmas message before, and you've heard these same scriptures. But I want us to look at it in a different context this morning. Continuing on, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this would be. Can you imagine, again, I always say, put yourself in the Bible. Can you imagine being Mary, this little young maiden girl, 12, 13 years old, and she's just putting herself to, to sleep, and I kind of see like a um, little house on the prairie wearing the long gowns, you know, to sleep in and all this stuff, and pull the covers up, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a 15-foot angel at the end of your bed and says, don't be afraid, you found favor with God. And she's like, I don't even know what that means. I mean, I can't imagine a 15-foot angel in my house, much less being a young girl and trying to figure that out. If that was my daughter, Jen, she'd be calling me and texting me and FaceTiming me to ask me what this meant. Anyway, I digress. But the angel said to her, verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Jesus. Even Jesus in this whole thing that he's telling Mary is showing a process. God is a God of process. Look at this. He says, you will conceive. You will give birth. Then you're to call him, him Jesus, and he will be great, continue on, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be done, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? She's like, I don't even understand all this. And the, the angel answered, the Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. See, there's even a process in this. But Jesus was prophesied long before, hundreds of years before, by Isaiah in verse 14 of um, chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign to the nation. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Continuing on in the story, and another thing from Joseph's point of view, Matthew verse 1, no, chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But, her husband, but Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. But he had a mind to divorce her quietly. And as I was preparing this last night, I was thinking, uh, Mary wasn't this great marrying the mother of Jesus to everybody. She's this young little girl. No one knew that she was caring really for real. She just had this crazy made-up story that this angel appeared to her, and now she's pregnant. I mean, I don't know anybody who believed that. And she wasn't this great celebrity that we're going to try and just avoid all the paparazzi and just kind of just, just sh- fade over here, go out to you know, the side, and just let it be done. But Joseph says, hey, I'm going to cover up what he thought was her sins. Because he's such a great man. He's like, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make a public um, display of you. I'm going to do this quietly. Verse 20. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So another angel shows up in his dream and tells him this. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, what we just read, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, I went through the whole story of Jesus because it's that time of the year, and it's certainly appropriate to do that. But I wanted to draw some attention and points to the process that God says, hey, I'm sending my son as this perfect sacrifice. I'm sending him to to be the answer to your sin problem, a permanent answer to your sin problem, to pay for your sins so you don't have to but he didn't leave it there because Jesus could have just showed up as a 30-year-old man and walked out there, started talking to people and just bam, they grab him and throw him up on the cross and he would have been the sacrifice. You see, God wanted us to see something in our lives demonstrated from him. He sent his son to go through the same process we go through. He was conceived. He was nine months in Mary's belly she gave birth to him. He, he laid there helpless in a manger, crying and having his diaper changed and fed and diaper changed and fed. And if you've had kids, you know that's all there is to it for the longest time. Continues to grow, continues to learn. And then he grows in wisdom and stature. And there's a process that happens in that. And if we put that scripture back up, verse 23. To be God with us, God wanted to, for the first time, to show us what it's like to Him be with us. See, the Scriptures said that Jesus was going to be called Emmanuel, which we see means God with us. But He He was actually told by the angel and prophesied, "You are going to call His name Jesus." I found out recently that Jesus was a common name, just like it is in the Hispanic world today. In fact, I was at um, the car wash with my daughter Jen or she was there and sent me a picture and the guy washing the windshield putting it up there has a name tag and she goes Jesus is at the car wash washing our car well no Jesus is not the same as Jesus but Jesus was given this common name but it has the layers of all the other stuff all the different names Prince of Peace the bright and Morning Star, and there's so many of them. I and mean, at this time, you'll see greeting cards. It's got all those names on them. You see, Jesus, while it was a common name to them, had this layer that was completely different that he had named above every other name. The Emmanuel part, God with us, was new. There'd never been a God with us before. In fact, Philippians chapter two, verse nine says, therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place. And gave him the name that is above our every name. It continues on. And that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. That word exalted, God exalted Jesus is the greatest. If we go back to the previous screen, please. God exalted him. That word exalted there means the same word that the haughty spirit, meaning in the bad, where you think you're high above everybody else. This is the superlative of that. It's the highest point of being exalted. It says that God exalted Jesus to the highest place. Is it any wonder that God hates it? When we try and exalt ourselves above people that are around us. Because now we're trying to compete with what God did in Jesus by exalting him. This word exalted, even though it's the same word for us, it has a superlative meaning. It's the top. It's beyond measure. It can't mean anything higher. There's nothing higher. And yet if I try to exalt myself, God says, I hate that. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, but humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you, that he may lift you up to where he's called you to be at the proper time. God is the God of process. There's a timing. There's the things you got to go through. Joseph was given this vision from God that he was going to be the leader, and everyone's going to bow down, and and all of that stuff happened, but it took a process of 16 years in the proper time. Can I tell you, Jesus lived among us so he could experience earth. Jesus did come to pay for your sins and for my sins, for our sins, but he didn't Miss the process getting to know us. Let me say that again. Jesus didn't miss the process of getting to know you, getting to know me. Our God is a God of the process. Last week, we saw how Jesus felt the pain of Mary and Martha at the loss of the death of Lazarus. Even knowing that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, even knowing what he'd seen, the work of the Father, on went this great detail last week. Jesus still took that moment to pull the entire grief, to allow it to, to come upon him, that he could experience the entire thing as we do. So much so that the shortest verse in the Bible, I'm not going to re-preach last week's message, Jesus wept. See, the book of Hebrews says that Jesus was touched with every facet and every area of human life. Hebrews 4 verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Empathize is different than sympathize. Sympathize means I can look at it and I can kind of imagine what it's like. Yeah, that seems like that'd really be terrible, what you're going through. Empathy is the exact opposite. Is I've face that myself. I've walked through that. I don't know about you, but you may have had experience with somebody that just outside has never faced it. And they tell you words and they seem nice and sweet and try it, but, but someone comes along and says, man, what you're going through, I've been through. Let me help you through this because I've experienced that. Jesus is able to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. See, Jesus went through the same emotions. You have a bad day and you have these struggles and these attacks on your mind. Jesus experienced that same temptation in the exact same way, just like you, just like me. Verse 16, therefore let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The desire of God in heaven was for us to have a personal relationship, but it wasn't left with the entire responsibility. On us. Let me say that again. The desire of God in heaven for us to have a personal relationship was not left with the entire responsibility on us. Jesus came to be Emmanuel, God with us. So as I often ask, where do you find yourself today? Please bow your heads with me. See, Jesus came to have a relationship. He came to be God with us, to be God with you. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. Can you picture that with me right now? Can you just imagine Jesus at the door of your life? At the door of your heart, knocking. What will you do today? Will you answer? Not answering is answering. You see, we all have a choice today to answer or ignore. I want to invite you to answer him today and begin the process that the God of process has for you. Don't go through life alone, doing it all on your own. If that's you today, please pray the simple prayer with me. I'll help you with the words. Say, Jesus, thank you for coming to be God with me and for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today is my day. I may not understand the process, but today I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me. I come just as I am. I surrender it all to you. I choose to follow you in the best way I know how. I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today I give you my heart. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. For the very first time or several times before or maybe it's hundreds of thousands of times. Lord, we all have a decision today to follow you and to get into that process and to see you growing and being your workmanship. And Lord, that you are the one who's chiseling at the stone in our life to reveal this beautiful statue, this beautiful picture that you have created long before we even hear what your desire is to be with us. Lord, I pray that all of us have that image of you standing at the door of our life, knocking. Lord, every day you knock wanting to join us. Every day you you knock wanting to go through our day with us. Lord, you're like that perfect friend that's there just a few minutes before we leave and is just knocking like, hey, you ready? You ready to go today? Lord, may we always answer the door. Walk through this process reveal to every one of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, if you'll pull out your connection cards, and, and I'm so excited that people have been sending these in from online, and, and the stories that I hear all week long are pretty amazing, and I, I wish there was a way for all of you guys to hear all the stories that I hear and, and the different things, but it's so exciting. You've probably already filled out the top part, but there's a place in the middle for you to put what your decision was today. So if you made that decision, I want to encourage you to put, check one of those boxes and let us know. We have people that are listening, hundreds of people a week are listening around the world to our podcast. And, and, and that's great and that's wonderful and that's what we're doing, but we want to hear from you. We want to hear you tell us what God's doing in your life. And there's a place for a prayer requests at the bottom. And we're so excited to be able to pray For you guys, and to stand there. And I mentioned in my message, don't do life alone. We're made to go through this together. So, my wife is going to collect these up, and she's going to come up here, and we're going to hold hands and we're going to pray over these together. All right, honey. Father, we just thank you. We don't have to do life alone. Lord, thank you for all the connection cards that have come in this week, Lord, all the prayer requests that have come in this week. Lord, I thank you for all the tithes and the offerings. Lord, I thank you for the special gifts and the legacy gifts. Lord, I thank you for all the things that you're doing. as for, Father, I speak a blessing over your people. Lord, we just thank you so much. Merry Christmas. God, thank you for sending Jesus to be God with us. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.